Good morning, Sun Valley Church. Welcome to the Voice of the Valley. I'm Jerry Pinch, and again, could you it believe almost, it? It almost goes without saying. <laughs> I, it should just be. But I love it when you say it. So just say it. <laughs> we got Across Pastor. The... Wait, we got Pastor Rick in here. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. He's here. He's made it. <laughs> this is yeah. I have thanks. Thanks be to God, and I mean that. Yeah, you made an oath that you would be here. Hey, that was tricky. Hey, it was a lot better than last week's. You, and you got there quicker than last yeah. week's. <laughs> Considering that I was the one who drug out the intro last week, I yeah, guess. I, well, I guess I can't. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to do that today. I don't think so. We, we have to We've got this. places to go. We, we set a time to be somewhere. I'm kind of hungry. Yeah, and we got to go. Otherwise, we'd be breaking an oath. Yeah. As we talk about oaths. Yes. Oaths. Hmm. Let's do it. Oaths. What did Jesus say about oaths? He said a lot about oaths. Did he? I think so. Okay. You have your you have your Bible open there. Do you have your Bible open? I have uh my internet Bible open. Do you really? Yeah. Do you want to read it? Well, I wasn't gonna read that passage. I had a different one in mind. I'll read this one. The one from the Sermon on the Mount? Yeah. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say simply be yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. Hmm. Deep. 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 Now, I have a different passage. James James also talks about oaths. Let your yes be yes and your no's be no's. Kind of like he was Jesus' brother and knew about the Sermon on the Mount. Maybe he heard about it. I don't know. Uh, but Jesus, Jesus brings up a parable of two sons. I read that this morning yeah. in my Bible reading. Good. I thought about it in relation to this. <laughs> I'm glad you brought it up. Matthew 21. Yeah, it is. Parable of two sons. He says, what do you think? A man had two sons, and he went to the first and said, son, go and work in the vineyard today. And he answered, I will not. But afterward, he changed his mind and went. And he went to the other son and said the same. And he answered, I go, sir. But he did not. Which of the two sons did uh, did the will of his father? Okay. I'm going to go with the second son. You are. That's that's my guess. You're going with the second son? That's what I think. I think you're wrong. Was it the first son? It was the first son. Oh, I got them mixed up. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> this is why I had to retake my SAT. Maybe this is the last time you should be on the podcast. <laughs> I bore false witness. <laughs> I didn't really think it was the second son. I just was confused. Now... We we live in a culture, Rick, where we don't understand the importance of oaths as as I think the first century Christians did, mm-hmm. or just people in general. Right. Um, more often than not, in our society, we'll say we'll do something or be somewhere or yada yada yada. Um, but then something more fun shows up, or something more important comes along, or. Um, and, and, and we have this really misguided view of saying, yeah, I'll be there and, and showing up and being there. Yeah, no kidding. Um, how, do we, how do we counter this, this cultural mindset that's, that's really been ingrained in us from outside um, 
thinking that that my my schedule is more important to somebody else's schedule or whatever yeah how do we how do we counter that and one of the, and one of the places where i think this happens in in our church just to get a little personal is people making commitments to serve in one capacity or another or the covenant of membership yeah and then just breaching that yeah because it became hard yeah there's not a compelling reason not to you know there's not real extenuating circumstances. Sometimes we fool ourselves into thinking there's extenuating circumstances. Um, in each case, is different, but this this is one that happens more than we would want it to. Right. Especially like you know, show. And this is this is an area where personally for me, in the struggle with <sighs> the truth, I I have to guard myself because it's it, I'm someone who if I allow myself to be, could be tardy. Yeah. Right. So being someplace on time is something I constantly have to work on and I don't always get it right. But yeah. that's part of this discussion because when you say you're going to be someplace at a certain time, I shouldn't need to apologize to my wife for being home at, at 6.04 when I tell her I'll be home at 6. Sure. I need I need to leave earlier. Sure. You know, and, and that has been a struggle for me in the past. Um, but, and sometimes currently, no, true confessions. No, um... How do we culture it? You know, how do we counter that? Whether our own personal struggles in the in the quote unquote small stuff, like showing up someplace on time, like to your scheduled children's ministry shift or whatever it is. Well, first, if Jesus is talking about this in the Sermon on the Mount, which he is, then we know it's not a surface level issue. We know it's a heart issue, mm-hmm. and the the core issue of the heart is truthfulness. Mm-hmm. So we do what we always need to do when it comes to transformed hearts. Yeah. It's a transform we're, we're not just talking about being better people. We're talking about living out of the gospel more profoundly. Yeah. So as with all matters of the heart and the gospel, we need to meditate on the gospel. <laughs> we need to meditate on scripture. We need to see that this isn't just a matter of personal preference or cultural adjustment or cultural norms well everybody's late yeah well god's the god of truth and truth doesn't change depending on what your culture is yeah so let's let's be people of the truth not just in our words but in our lives yeah in in numbers 30 this is how seriously god takes oaths and we need to start with god because this is the only way we're going to counter anything that Mm. becomes normal that Mm. shouldn't be is by going to god He says, um, this is what the Lord commanded. If a man vows a vow to the Lord or swears an oath to bind himself by a pledge, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. Okay, that was just, that's part of the law. In 1 Samuel um, 3, we have the boy Samuel, um, who is is called by God to be a prophet. And something that stuck with me ever since I heard about this from 1 Samuel back in high school um, was... Is just kind of an interesting phrase. It says that he grew, you know, I think he, he grew basically in wisdom and stature. He grew and people could see him growing in the Lord. And it, as a prophet, it says that the Lord let none of his words fall to the ground. Hmm. And that was one of the ways they knew he was legit from the Lord because hmm. his words didn't fall to the ground. All his prophecies came true. Hmm. Well, we need to realize that none of Christ's words have ever fallen to the ground. Everything he said he would do, he did. He is faithful mm-hmm. 
to his promises. Mm -hmm. And because we are in him, so must we be. And not just when we say, I promise, but when we say anything. So he says, people who are transformed by the gospel don't need to say, I promise. Yeah. He's not forbidding all oaths. After Jesus said this, Paul the apostle took an oath. He took a Nazarite vow. So it's not that all oaths are off the table. It's it's this willy-nilly, casual, fast and loose with our words mentality. Sure. And so the first place is start with the gospel, meditate on the word and see what God has to say. And then with his grace, be aware yeah. of what you're saying and why you're saying it, and then take all pains to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I... When you were talking about it, I think one of those things that we can easily say, um, simply because it's very Christianese to yeah. say this, is somebody comes up to you with a burden or needs prayer or something, and we go, I will pray for you. Yes. We're making an oath yep. to that person right then and there. Mm-hmm. And how often do we actually pray for that person? Mm-hmm. I know that's that's a struggle of mine is like, oh, yeah. yeah, I'll pray for you. And then it's like five minutes later, I forget. Oh, no, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And I say. didn't intend to lie, but I did. Yeah. Because that is lying. Yeah. One of the ways Thanks I've countered that, that, and this is, well, <laughs> you are truly awful. Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> one of the most helpful things, and, and I've been doing this for years, and it has resolved that issue, is I will either pray for them at the moment with them, which builds fellowship. Mm-hmm. Um, or as soon as they step away, I will stop and I will pray right then. Hmm. And then, um, that actually is more likely that they'll come to mind later. Like when I'm driving or something, then I'll sure. pray for them then. Sure. But at least you've prayed for them. Like you said, you would sure. by praying right then so that you don't forget about it. Yeah. Another thing, if you say you're going to do something, immediately write it down, put it on a to-do list. With a yeah. little checkbox next to it, yeah. because otherwise it's gonna you're gonna forget it. Not yeah. just you. I mean, we will forget. Yeah. And so, actually, having something on your phone where you can send yourself a text message right after you had a conversation with someone saying, "Get this movie for this person," because I told them I'd bring it yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I just have people tell I I, I tell people to tell me again to write an email to me or text me, uh, yeah. especially on Sundays. Cause I have, you know, you, you have too. people come up to you For and sure. say, say things on Sundays. Um, and I'm, I'm more like, eh, just send me something later this week. So I'll, I'll remember. And that's I, really wise. I'll forget about it. Cause if you say I will do this, yeah. you need to send yourself that email right then yeah. or send yourself that text message in the moment say, hold on, let me text myself or write it sure. on my Evernote. Sure. But when you say to someone, Hey, I'd love to talk about that, but could you, email me that's on them you haven't committed to anything right so being right. careful with our words because our words actually mean something yeah but how often do we casually say i swear i swear or i promise because what we don't want to do is this i don't even know if he means that you. yeah does he mean it has I he really so. never felt that way before? Yeah. And if he has, why does he have to say, I swear? It's just cheapening language. <laughs> That's three times, man. In four weeks, but I didn't do it last week. You didn't do it last week. So I guess there's there's room. This is a matter of righteousness. Um, in Psalm 15, and I talk with my kids about this all the time, when one of them says, yeah, you can have this toy or whatever. Or, yeah, you can have my picture when I'm done with it. 
and then they take it back. They say, well, I don't want him to have it. I changed my mind. Well, who, who shall dwell on your holy hill? The psalmist asks. He who walks blamelessly and does what is right and speaks truth in his heart. Um, down in verse 4, who swears to his own hurt and does not change. Hmm. So even when, if we say we're going to do something, even if it becomes inconvenient for us to do so, do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. There's, there's also, um, uh, another aspect of, of people is they can't say no. So somebody will ask them to do something and they just, they cannot say no. So they say they'll do something and then they become overburdened with things. Yeah. What would be your counsel to that person? I mean, full stops. I'm not talking to an actual person in, in a one-on-one conversation so I can be blunt. Um, realize that what you're doing is you are well-intentionedly training yourself to be a liar. Hmm. Because if you say yes, but you actually can't, you haven't counted the cost and you can't pony up. It doesn't matter how much your intention is that you're loving someone, you're lying to them and you're training them not to trust you. And so we can, with the best intentions, under the guise of love, sin with the truth. Yeah, yeah. And so we need to just stop. Um, ref- <laughs> we are in the age of cheapened language. Yeah. It is so cheap. Talk is cheap, right? And I think I may have started my sermon that way. Talk is cheap, and, and that's always been the case, but inflation must be the highest ever because it's never been cheaper. <laughs> you know? Um, we have to be the people who go, wait, before I say anything, I need to think about it and actually take inventory. Hmm. And when we do that, people may not always like our answer, but they will always know that they can depend on us. Yeah. And they will value what we are offering a whole lot more. Yeah. 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 And it seems to be, um, it's, yeah, talk is cheap. Uh, but when you can back up your words with actions, um, it seems to be that that's that person's de- dependable. Yes. But you can. Al- I think there's also the um, the the side effect too of overcommitting and 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 being there doing those things, mm-hmm. overcommitting, and then you can burn yourself out yeah. with with overcommitments and and being faithful in those commitments. But so, what would be your encouragement to that person that would would overcommit? Is faithful in his commitments, but is starting to be burnt out by those commitments. Well, Moses was kind of getting that situation um, as the leader of Israel, and his father-in-law came up and said, "You need to delegate. Hmm. What you're doing is not good." And it wasn't that it was bad in the sense of Moses wasn't sinning. He was just, he's overstretched. And when people are overstretched, they become grumpier, faster, prone to different temptations that they're normally not prone to. Mm. They're going to end up doing a shoddier job of with what they're doing instead of all things with excellence as unto the Lord. And then um, life is just going to be less pleasant and they're going to be less joyful. And then ultimately they may not be able to be as effective. They won't be as effective for the Lord over the long term. Mm-hmm. And so overcommitment, again, f- for the right, you know, with the right motives, isn't the same as godliness. 
Um, we want to realize that the Lord has given us, the Lord gave economics. Economics is his idea. Um, you know, we, we take him out of it, but economics isn't simply a matter of money. Economics is resources. The only one with infinite resources is God, who is infinite. The rest of us all only have 24 hours in a day, seven days in a week. We need sleep. Mm-hmm. The boundaries of who we are end at our fingertips with our skin. And we just have to make decisions of what not to do. Mm-hmm. However much we want to do everything. Mm-hmm. And that's just wisdom. So being honest with yourself is, a, in light of God's truth, look into his word to help you prioritize what's best next. And there's actually a book called What's Best Next. I think it's by Matt Perman. And then um, go and do that next best thing with all your heart. And when you can't get to the other thing, go, well, the Lord knows. (laughs) And he will take care of it. I'm not the sovereign who's responsible for keeping the world turning. Hmm. So so Jesus obviously made a big deal about this. this idea of, of breaking oaths. And if there was any person who walked this earth who was um, committed to his oaths, it was Jesus. Yes. Why Why is breaking oaths so important to Christ? Because he is the truth. He is the word of God. He is the touch point from which all truth comes. Right, we we only know what is true and good and beautiful, in relation to the eternal, unchanging, true, good and beautiful God. Mm-hmm. And when you, it's very interesting um, when you look at the effect of God's speech in Scripture. It's profound. Mm-hmm. God speaks, and universe comes into being. God speaks, and a storm is calmed. God's words are the means through which action happens in God's creation. Mm -hmm. God's word, which is true, um, sanctifies us and it transforms our lives. It divides to soul and spirit. We look at words as empty, meaningless things. Politicians trade in meaningless speech, promises they don't intend to follow through on in order to get a result that they want Mm -hmm. oftentimes. But um, not so with you, you know, as it, since you you don't do that, <laughs> look at what Jesus does, and then go and do likewise. Um, in Ecclesiastes, which is at the heart of w- the wisdom literature, mm-hmm. Solomon says, "Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. To draw near to listen is better than to offer sacrifice of fools, for they do not know what they are doing. That they are doing evil. Be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God, for God is in heaven and you are on earth." Therefore, let your words be few. Hmm. He says, when you vow a vow to God, do not delay paying it, for he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you vow. Hmm. So there's a contrast. Following through with our our words is wisdom, which is to say this is Christ-likeness, because Christ is the wisdom of God. To not follow through on our words, even if it's simply a commitment to meet somebody for coffee and then not show up, that's the way of the fool. Hmm. That's sin. And one way that we vow and then don't follow through, some people do, is they just default on their payments. Hmm. Christians should be the, 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 the first ones to pay their bills on time and should never have late payments. 
Because when we make a contract with somebody, we're agreeing to pay a certain amount of money at a certain time. And we need to do that because Mm -hmm. that too is a vow. Mm -hmm. And so there's all these little ways. Our lives are just intertwined with this stuff. And the first step is to take stock of our commitments. And then be very, very hasty. Uh, Don't be hasty. Be very um, slow to add new commitments that you can't follow through with. Yeah. Yeah. And realize that all of that, the ultimate reason for it is because we love the Lord who loved us first. Yeah. And we want to love our neighbors as ourselves. And so we want to do what we say. Yeah. So when we when we break oaths regularly, we're not reflecting a Savior who is faithful and trustworthy um, and kind and gracious and, and committed to those that they said they were committed to right and that's what that's who christ was yes and is um which is important but at at what point at what point um can oaths be broken right i think that would be the the natural question is like i made a commitment if i break this am i living in sin but i also have a huge and i can't follow and i can't follow through with this right so do i am i bound to sin at this point because i sinned rashly by speaking great question yeah i'm thinking back to last week's discussion on divorce Uh, marriage is an oath right it's a covenant right it's a vow and we should do with our marriage vows what we do with other things that we should do you know we should write them down and then go back to them and remember what we said and then go do them but you know even the divorce discussion the exception clauses of adultery and abandonment by an unbeliever are it's okay to break an, an oath here in these circumstances mm-hmm. because the game has changed. Mm-hmm. When the Lord is dealing with Israel, he says, if you do this, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. And he says, I'm going to do this if, you know, it's going to happen. And then Israel repents and it says God changes his mind. Mm-hmm. What God's not doing is he's not breaking his word. He's not actually changing his mind in the sense of, oh, um, yeah, I guess not. He's responding to a new reality, Mm -hmm. which he himself ordained. This is not open theism. I'm not going there. But it's what I'm saying is that sometimes the circumstances change in the context of the original oath is different to where it's not. These are not the same terms. Mm -hmm. And we're not the ones who changed that game. Now we have to respond differently. Yeah. And that's not us breaking an oath. Yeah. I hope that makes sense. Sure. But more common is the situation where we make a commitment that we know we can't follow through on. Yeah. Solomon addresses this. Proverbs 6, he says, My son, if you've put up security for your neighbor, have given your pledge for a stranger, if you are snared in the words of your mouth, caught in the words of your mouth, okay, so we've made a, a vow we can't follow through on or that we re- realize now is going to harm us. We're bound to them that we've, you know, made an oath to. We are in debt to them to do this thing. He says, then do this, my son, and save yourself. For you have come into the hand of your neighbor. Go, hasten, and plead urgently with your neighbor. Give your eyes no sleep and your eyelids no slumber. Save yourself like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, like a bird from the hand of the fowler. We go to the person that we made the commitment to. We explain the situation, and we, we say, Will you will you release me from this? I shouldn't have said this in the first place. Mm-hmm. 
and then we we pray that they will release us from it. That's mm-hmm. what we do. Mm-hmm. And that's not breaking an oath. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I've a few times where I was called out on that very thing is you said you do this and you're not doing it. Mm-hmm. And how frustrating it, it was for me at that point because it's like it's not a big deal. Like why are we why are we getting worked up about this? Yeah. But it actually it is a big deal. <laughs> Yeah. It is a big deal. Even if the thing is small in the grand scheme. Yeah. It's like, what we need to realize is that, and Jesus is getting into this in the Sermon on the Mount, righteousness is most often in the details, in the little things. Mm. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Well, Rick, you made an oath to me that you would take me to lunch, and it's... I told you I would drive you to lunch. Oh. Taking implies payment. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go, man. And I'm hungry. I'm so so hungry. (laughs) We got a staff meeting. Church, we love you. We hope that this has been encouraging and convicting and challenging to you. Look forward to being with you on Sunday and next week on The Voice of the Valley. Have a great week.